This week on the Iowa Watch Connection. If the professor really works out of the book a lot, then I get a lot out of it and I don't mind spending more on it because I feel like it's a key part of my learning. They are necessary, but they come at a cost. If they're too expensive and it's a class that I'm just taking to fill a requirement, I rent from Amazon. There's a cost to produce that knowledge too. And then you have the publishing house as well involved in that, so it is really expensive, but it's knowledge is an expensive thing to curate. The cost of college textbooks, our topic this week. The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein. If you were like me, you enjoyed the beginning of a new college semester for a variety of reasons, including the chance for a fresh start, the anticipation of learning, and a trip to the college bookstore to get a new academic planner, what we used to call school supplies, and a bag full of new textbooks. Well, that trip to the bookstore is taking a larger bite out of a family's budget than ever. It's something that was of obvious interest to those students participating in this year's Iowa Watch College Media Journalism Project. Iowa Watch Executive Director and Editor Lyle Muller has the story. Kimberly Wilderdyke went to the University of Northern Iowa to study interior design. The Adele Woman's 2018-2019 school year will be her junior year in college. Last spring, she spent $200 on textbooks. That included shipping and tax from online booksellers where she felt she saved money. She also saved money using the internet for her studies and time. Oh gosh. Um, well, I do a lot of school assignments on there, so you gotta factor that in. I'm not just totally bumming around on the computer, but probably like five hours a day, six hours. Wilderdyke was speaking with fellow UNI student Sophia Legaspi in that interview. Legaspi and another UNI student, Anna Flanders, were part of a spring Iowa Watch College Media Journalism project that looked into whether or not students at seven campuses felt they were getting enough value for what they paid to get college textbooks for their classes. A little more than two dozen student journalists combined their reporting for this project. They learned that a lot of college students are avoiding textbook costs that generally can range from around $20 for a book on writing grant proposals to $400 for a physics book. In lieu of buying, they rent books, which can save an average $29 per book depending on the subject. They also rely on information they can find on the Internet, sometimes as a first reference. Here's Jimmy Ott, a William Penn University student journalist, talking with Taylor Steele, an Oskaloosa man entering his junior year and studying information technology at William Penn. So how much did you pay for all your textbooks? The total cost of all my textbooks was $123.90. What was your most expensive book? The most expensive book I had was The Architecture of Computer Hardware and System Softwares. It was $31.99. And this is because uh, you used the uh, rental service Chegg? Yes. Uh, how often do you use your textbooks? Uh, for the most part, I use them fairly regularly. For the first half of the semester, I didn't really use God's Long Summer, um, but now we're starting to use it. But yeah, I use them all pretty regularly. Uh, how much did you spend on e-textbooks this semester? On e-textbooks, I spent about 
$125? I'm not sure on that exactly. Uh, how often do you use the internet to look up answers? Not very often, actually. Most of it is either covered in the book or I'm given an in-class resource that I can go directly to to look for. Did you resell any of your books from last semester? Um, no, because I rent all my books per semester, so I can't sell them. Uh, then does the value you get from your textbooks kind of match what you pay for them? Some of them, yes. Some of them I can understand, you know, uh, paying only $10 to rent it for a summer. Um, I think it's a little ridiculous at times to have to pay $50 each semester for, you know, a $50 book. Here are some numbers broken down so that we can grasp what they mean. The average price of a new college textbook rose from $58 in the 2011-2012 school year to $82 in 2014-15 before dropping slightly to $80 in the 2015-16 school year, the National Association of College Stores reports. Textbooks used by students interviewed in the Iowa Watch College Media Journalism Project included $116 for Practical Guide to Early Childhood, $167 for Linear Algebra, $200 for Sports Law, $240 for Business Management, $251 for Technical Math, and $300 for Income and Measurement. Value is a relative term. You can argue that college textbooks have a lot of value because of the knowledge they contain. This knowledge doesn't simply materialize. It takes years of intellectual work and by more than one person. Aaron Van Lanningham, an associate professor of English at Loris College, explains. The thing that people don't realize about those kinds of textbooks, though, is the amount of labor that goes into actually creating the text. I mean, there are multiple faculty probably writing it, researching it, editing it, you know, testing it. So, And then you have the publishing house as well involved in that. So it is really expensive, but it's knowledge is an expensive thing to curate, too. Even so, Van Lanningham says she sometimes sends her students to the Internet instead of forcing them to buy an entire book of short stories for just one assigned story in her class. Heather Dean, the course materials manager at the Iowa State University Bookstore, has been working with students, administration, and booksellers on ways to keep the textbook costs down. Her motive dates to her days as an Iowa State student, class of 2006. One big move Dean pushed for and achieved resulted in Iowa State students being able to charge textbooks to their regular university bill. That might not seem like much to many of us, but it allows students to make payments throughout a semester in installments instead of all at once at the beginning of a semester. Ultimately, the value of these seemingly expensive college textbooks will boil down to what the student eventually wants. For example, here is Casey Nickel, a Simpson College senior preparing to graduate in December 2018. If the professor really works out of the book a lot, then I get a lot out of it and I don't mind spending more on it because I feel like it's a key part of my learning. But if the professor requires us to buy a book for class and then teaches independently from it and doesn't take anything out of it, then I don't feel like it's worth paying $100 or even $50 on it because it's not actually supplementing my learning when it doesn't follow the class very well. So then it feels like I'm spending time learning things that aren't going to help me in the class, even though I might still need to know them. I just don't have time to do that. Do you get value from your college textbooks? Reporter Amber Craig asked Clarice Kais 
a 2018 Loris College graduate from Lamont, Iowa, for this project. Her major was English, which explains her answer. I would say yes, since I usually get like previously owned in like good condition, um, so that kind of keeps down the cost. If they're too expensive and it's a class that I'm just taking to fill a requirement I rent from Amazon, um, that also keeps down the cost. So I'd say yeah, I feel good about what I pay for them. Special thanks to all of the reporters who helped with this project from the University of Iowa, Iowa State University, the University of Northern Iowa, Simpson College, Loris College, William Penn University, and Buena Vista University. Contributing to this particular report, but not mentioned earlier, were Zoe Saylor of Simpson College and Kay Rambo, Alex Connor, Caitlin Yamada, Jill O'Brien, and Naya Valenzuela at Iowa State University. I'm Lyle Muller with the Iowa Watch Connection. Iowa State Daily reporters Alex Connor and Kay Rambo were part of a team of Iowa State University journalism students compiling the Iowa Watch College Media Journalism Project on college textbook costs. When they finished their project, they sat down to talk about some of the main points they found. So for this project, uh, we looked into how much college students spend on textbooks and whether or not uh, students think that they gain value for what their purchase is. Did the students that you interviewed feel that the price of what they were paying for their textbooks matched the education and implementation of these books in their courses? Very rarely. That was, you know, it, it, it was kind of, from talking with them, the sense that I got was that that was the exception when they found a textbook that they actually used. Um, you know, we spoke with several students that bought textbooks even from Amazon for a discounted rate from what they would pay at the bookstore, and they're still sitting in the packaging that they came in the day they showed up in the mail. You know, and, but it wasn't consistent. I think that's something that's very disconcerting to students when they pay that much money for a book. They're gonna buy a book and it may cost $30, which is very cheap for a textbook, and they might use that book two or three times a week, which is quite a bit for a textbook. Um, they also might buy a book that's $200 and maybe open it once before an exam, twice before the next exam, that sort of thing. Um, and, and so I think, you know, in general, there's really no short answer to that question because value is obviously, it's, it's an opinion, it's, it's depending on who, who obviously is trying to assess the value of that textbook in their education. How do you believe that the textbook model could be different based off of the interviews that you had? Yeah, we heard, um, you know, we, we heard different ideas and that was something I asked everybody we spoke to is how can this be better? How can this be better for students? Um, you know, and then speaking with Heather Dean, we kind of, you know, moved more into what's practical, what, what, have, we, what have we been working on? Um, you know, and, and one of those things was definitely open education resources was something that, you know, maybe students weren't, didn't have that phrase in their mind, um, but that's what they were describing, were, were resources that, you know, were published under licenses that allowed students to access them. Faculty and professors or staff, they, they're not too familiar with the idea of open educational resources either. Right now, at least at Iowa State, it's commonly known among people in the library, people in the bookstore, uh, some students who are deciding to become engaged with that idea, but it's still a very unrecognized resource 
that we could have here as a university. Well, and I think that, you know, a large part of that is, is obviously the internet plays a huge role in OER. Um, and the reality is that a lot of the professors, the internet being such a prominent, having such a prominent role in education is relatively new. Um, you know, so they're, they're used to, and especially if you look at 15, 20 years ago, the information on the internet was seen as, you know, a suspect compared to something that you would get out of a textbook. And now we're kind of seeing this cultural shift in attitudes toward textbooks um, and online resources that you're seeing all of these journals that are, you know, uploading their archives. You're seeing, um, you know, periodicals that are, are free to students a lot of the time. So you're seeing these resources that weren't really available on the internet and, and really this the internet has created the infrastructure that wasn't there. So I think you're seeing, what we're kind of seeing is students who are coming up in a more digital age that this idea is really not new to them. Every student we spoke to, the internet was how they did research, almost exclusively, unless it was information that they literally had to get from the book. Iowa State Daily reporters Alex Connor and Kay Rambo. You can see a video of the work done by Iowa State University students on this story on our website, iowawatch.org. Coming up, a segment from an extended podcast created by Buena Vista University students. That's next as the Iowa Watch Connection continues. This month, Iowa Watch is supporting the value Iowa high school journalism classes provide students, their schools, their communities, and the state. Journalism classes help students understand society, find facts, think critically, and inform others with high-quality writing, photos, video, and broadcast skills. Learn more from the Iowa High School Press Association at its website, ihspa.org. The Iowa Watch Connection radio program is part of a statewide audience engagement project organized by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, an independent, nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization. The center is dedicated to producing high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism in Iowa, while also training journalism students to do this work at a high ethical level. The center is found online at iowawatch.org. Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein. Buena Vista University students in Storm Lake use the resources of on-campus radio station KBVU for a variety of practical academic applications, including producing extended radio programs on topics of interest. Here now a segment from one of those programs on this topic of the cost of student textbooks. Here is Tyler Bruner. The first two students I sat down with were Kiana Wibben and Brittany Williams. Kiana is a biochemistry major at Buena Vista University, and Brittany is a biology major. So these two ladies know a thing or two about emptying their wallets for textbooks. On average, science majors will fork out the most money, upwards of $500 for textbooks, according to CBS News. For this semester, it was only $40 because we used the same books as we did in the fall semester. However, in the fall semester, it was over $800 
as I am in a biomedical major, which means science books is, are ranked at the number one spot for being the most expensive textbooks, and some classes require more than one book. It just depends on the class. And with all of that, I did pay no cash. I put it all on my credit slash debit card. I believe I paid uh, $200, I think. All of them were uh, rented because buying them was not an option. Uh, my most expensive book was my uh, my development book for one of my education classes. It was I think I paid $65 to rent it. It's a loose leaf too, which just wasn't worth it. <laughs> the price of textbooks did worry Kiana in particular as she is spending her own hard-earned cash on textbooks every year? That's a good question. I don't know if it's fair because coming from the college, you know, motto, being a broke college student, it is a lot of money that's coming out of my own pocket. I don't have parents that are buying my books for me. You know, it's my own hard work money. So, you know, when I get told it's going to be $800, that's a lot of money for any individual here. But on the other hand, if professors went away from using the books, I don't feel like I would get the education that we're ranked here at Buena Vista University for and whatnot. It's a reference tool for me because I'm not going to understand every single item in one of my classes. This fear of the price of textbooks isn't only affecting BVU students. An article from NBC News surveyed over 5,000 students to see how they dealt with the high cost of textbooks. Over one-third say they used financial aid to pay the cost, and that cost was an average of $300. More pressing yet, community college students are twice as likely to use financial aid for textbook costs as four-year private or public students are. This fact is reality for many in the school system who just don't have the money to pay for books. But a student at BVU says money isn't an issue. Tanner Jensen is a communications major at BVU, and he is passionate about spending little to no money on textbooks unless he is sure he will use that book in the future. He calls this his buying strategy. This uh, interim, I took a science course. It was like 120 bucks for the textbook for like a four-week course. And I was like, nah. But then the uh, online like access code that was required for the course was also like 60 bucks. I didn't really have an option with that one, so I went that and didn't take the textbook. If at all possible, I try to avoid getting books. They're expensive and it's more than that, it's more of if it's something I can continually use, I will put the money into it to own it. Um, I own, like I'm an English major, I own the, uh, a couple of the Norton like anthologies for like British literature and um, Shakespeare's plays, things like that, because they're things I might use again. I'll put money into that. It's things like 130 bucks for a science textbook that I'll use for four weeks and then return. I'm not okay with making that sort of investment. It's too much money for too short of a time for too little uh, reward, I suppose you would say. Tanner's buying strategy seems a bit off track from what most students are used to seeing. Not buying a book for a class is like trying to find treasure in a dark cave while you are blindfolded. 
Tanner commented on his own experience not buying a book for a gen ed class and even his nightmare story from buying used. So you said that you didn't buy the book for the science course? Okay? I did not. So how did that go by not having the book? I think it went fine um, for the most part. Um, I didn't really need it. Uh, I got by fine just with notes and what I was able to remember from lectures and the actual like online like study uh, session. It was like a Pearson course where you actually like answer questions, things like that. I got more out of that. If I had the textbook, yes, it probably would have helped. I got by it without it. I wasn't super worried. It was a gen ed course. If it's a course, if, if it was my major, I would probably be more dedicated to getting those things because I really want to learn the material. Whereas if it's something I'm just trying to get through, whatever, I'll make do. Um, I took a atmosphere and weather last semester, another science course that had a textbook. Um, oh, that was a nightmare. I was missing like four or five chapters out of that book. They were just torn right out of the book. Why? Because you got a used one? Yeah. My final guest today is Dr. Benjamin Moss. Dr. Moss is a professor of environmental science at Buena Vista University and, like we have learned, is in the field of study with the most expensive textbooks. But Dr. Moss understands the struggle of textbook costs and tries to find the cheapest and best books available. And so, so uh, I try to avoid that. I try to uh, select books that are not $500 or $200. Um, even like my couple of my classes have a hundred dollar book, and I feel bad of, of that um, because a lot of these books, especially if you're not in the major, you buy it and then you return it, and then you don't get much money from returning. Buena Vista University student Tyler Bruner from a program on student radio station KBVU. The full podcast of that program is on our website, iowawatch.org. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can connect with us online, iowawatch.org. Click on the Iowa Watch Connection tab at the top of the page to listen to all or part of this program again for a list of stations that carry the program and more. I'm Jeff Stein. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch Connection again next week. The Iowa Watch Connection is a copyrighted presentation of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, which is solely responsible for its content. For more information about the center, including how you can contribute so high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism and student training can continue, go online, iowawatch.org. <laughs>